Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to a victorious week here on Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here alongside Dan Terrar. Dan, how you doing hey. this Monday evening? I just noticed that uh, your uh, your name has capital letters on it. Mine doesn't. That's uh, how the Twitter Why handles is that? look. Come on. Your Twitter She's handle saying, does not have capital letters in it. So if that's something saying, you want to fix, you can fix it. You're saying when I set up my Twitter account, that I did you haven't it wrong? updated in, I think, two years now? I thought I could. I, I didn't know. Damn it. All right. Next subject. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Winning is a lot more fun than winning is a lot more fun than losing, isn't it? God, oh, like absolutely. Winning. Yeah. Winning is so much fun, especially winning when you're not supposed to win. And uh, so all in all, yeah, it was a it was a good week. Wasn't yeah. so sure after Wednesday if it was going to be a good week. And yeah, that turned was, out to be a great week. So it was a fun week for sure. Plenty to talk about before we get into those games. A uh, little housekeeping here. Uh, do give us a rating, a review, and a subscri- subscription anywhere you find your podcast. It does help us get found. Also, tell your friends to come and listen to us either here on Loon Talk or on the radio broadcast on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app. They are all the same uh, brand. So pretty easy there. Uh, Dan, let's jump into it. I don't really want to separate the games because we can kind of talk about both of them all together. Considering Minnesota started the same lineup for both of them. So let's just talk about the attack. It definitely looked pretty dangerous against against the Galaxy on Wednesday. And they kind of continued that on Sunday against Dallas, but in very few opportunities because they didn't have a whole lot of the ball. But when they did and they did shoot it, they were incredibly accurate six of seven shots on target on Sunday night, but they had plenty to attack on Wednesday against the galaxy. Yeah. Wednesday was crazy. I mean, you, you really could, if you rewatched it, you could probably come up with five goals. They should have had pretty, pretty easily, maybe more. I don't know. Um, And then, yeah, then in contrast on uh, Sunday night, last night in, uh, in Dallas, they didn't have, they didn't create all the opportunities but when they did, they were they were right on. So, you know, it's kind of weird, but, you know, in a way, you look back and go, there were some really good things about the 1-1 draw on Wednesday against the Galaxy. Um, and, you know, I've always said, was that a really bad tie or a good tie? And I always said, well, let's see what happens the next time out. And if they had lost in Dallas, you'd go, oh, that tie was a disaster. Being they won in Dallas, it's like, well, okay. We got four points out of uh, two matches against two good teams. That's not that bad, you know. So, you know, all in all, it was it was it was a good it was a good week. Yeah, I think it, I think it was a good week. Yeah, it felt like a good week, especially after last um, night's match against Dallas. If they had, like you said, if they hadn't won or if they drew against Dallas, the draw against the Galaxy, especially considering the Galaxy's result yeah. yesterday, which we'll get to later on in the show, uh, yeah. it would have felt like a a more down week, but right. I mean, right. with the way they battled it out on Wednesday at home against the galaxy, you basically, they basically controlled that match from start to finish. They unfortunately get a handball on Michael Boxel, correct call uh, for once by the referees in this league. Surprising. <laughs> I know. Uh, but uh, the handball goes against Michael Boxel. Just one of those instances yep. where his hands out there uh, as he's trying to make a play and the ball yeah. goes off of it. Unfortunate. Uh, Dane St. Clair doesn't stop it, unfortunately. 
um, and the Galaxy go up against the run of play, but then Minnesota basically answer right back almost immediately. Uh, they had to get through, they had to sift through some Galaxy time wasting and shenanigans, but mm-hmm. but Robin Lode strikes back and uh, scores his at the time his fifth goal of the season. Yeah, and um, it's interesting, and I, I was happy that you know Adrian stayed with that same lineup because, mm-hmm. man, when you produce that many chances as you, as you did on Wednesday, you got to come back. It and it was different than Wednesday, but yet in some ways it was better. I mean, the accuracy and uh, the the this is a team that we've talked a lot about. This they don't take advantage of their chances. That's and, and I mean. That's what it's been the last two years is the chances are there. They're not scoring. They're not finishing. So Wednesday, you had tons of chances. You didn't finish enough to get the win. On Sunday, you didn't have as many chances, but you finished. The, you, know, you, you took advantage of the chances you had, and, you, and you, forced the, you forced a goaltender into making some huge saves. And it was nice to be on the other end of that for a change rather than watching Dane St. Clair play out of his mind and nobody's scoring goals. So it was an interesting couple of matches. Uh, both were highly entertaining, and that's good. So, um, yeah, I would think that now with a, uh, a midweek match uh, where you don't have to play some bodies, you know, this is things are shaping up before the break pretty well, I think. Yeah, and let's, uh, let's look through these players from the front to back. Usually uh, when mm-hmm. we do the lineups in the broadcast, we start back to front. But I want to start front to back. Robin Lood starting up top once again in both of these games as the false nine. Uh, it seems like that's what they're going to go with because that's what's working for them. Uh, highly uh, effective in that false nine as he drops deep and pulls defenders out, allowing some mm-hmm. space for uh, their wingers to find space and Emmanuel Reynoso to find space as well in that defense. And they were finding tons of space on Wednesday. Uh, they didn't really have a whole lot of opportunities to do that on Sunday, but uh, that's that Wednesday match was so much fun to watch them. They were trying these really long balls from the back to the front and they were connecting on them to Bongi and Franco and they were taking their first touches really well to get into dangerous areas. Uh, but that was caused by Robin Lode pulling out the defenders uh, into p- places they didn't want to be leaving wide open spaces at the back. So Robin Lode, it seems like the false nine as it was two years ago here to stay. I mean, d- despite the two designated player number nines they have sitting on the bench, which if you want to talk about uh, misplaced allocation <laughs> in rosters, you, that's yeah. one of them. But uh, as as long as Robin Lode is successful and this offense is firing with him as that false nine and creating dangerous chances, do not change it. I, I agree. I mean, I, I Robin, what Robin maybe doesn't have in in flat out speed, he makes up for uh, with his game smarts, his ability to to be in the right place. I think there's some chemistry there between uh, Reynoso and Robin that maybe we don't have with, with uh, Onu and with uh, Luis Amaria. So, yeah, let's keep going with this. The way it changes is if now you've got on Wednesday, you've got a uh, U.S. Uh, Open Cup match. Mm-hmm. If Adrian Anu or, or, or Luis Amaria, I'm, I'm assuming it'll be Luis probably starting up top. I mean, they, um, they could both start because in these games yeah. – who has been playing the number 10 that right. Reynoso would be playing. So that, I and, imagine they both start. And to me, and obviously I can't read Adrian's mind, but to me I would think, okay, now it's it's up to somebody to come back and earn yeah. that position, either in you know a friendly or in a U.S. Open Cup match or uh, in practice, obviously. 
uh, they've got to go out and do something special or in a sub role, you know, coming in late in the match. Uh, it's up to uh, Luis Amaria to go out and say and and go out there and try and fight to get that spot back. Otherwise, I think it should belong to Robin until somebody gives him reason to change. Yeah. And I mean, we can we can say we can keep including Adrian Anu in that, but for the time being, it seems like he's not ever going to get minutes on this team again for some reason. It's always going to go to Abu or Amaria off the bench and Unu's just relegated to US Open Cup matches and friendly matches. So, but uh, yes, yeah, until Amaria starts striking goals in during friendlies or during his substitution appearances, it's it should be Robin Lud up top. Uh, despite your inaccurate or your uh, inconsistent wing play that you're getting now that Robin Lud has moved from the wing up to that number nine, it's still creating dangerous chances, more dangerous chances than you had before when you had Amaria up top. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as as if Robin can continue to score goals, when he scored the the first goal on Sunday, that was his fourth straight goal for the team. Um, and if he can continue to score goals, that will also affect the way that uh, defensive have to prepare for Minnesota, and they'll have to play him a little different if he keeps scoring. Um, it was e- it, it became probably easy to defend against Minnesota because they didn't have that threat up front. And so they focused on who? Number 10, right? Right. So they focused and they clamped down on number 10, and then everything struggled. So whether it's – I don't care who it is. If somebody's scoring uh, in that number nine spot, it's going to force teams to play us differently, and that should make more room for Fragapane, for, uh, you know, Abu if he's in there, for Reynoso. So, you know, let's just keep Robin in there, and hopefully he can keep the – keep the goals coming and, and that'll, you know, further the, uh, the progress of the team because they're going to have to pay more attention to him then. So if I told you 12 games into the season that Robin load would have the same goals as Carlos Vela, what would you say? Well, would you say Carlos Vela's having a down year or Robin loads having an exceedingly good year? Because that's the case right now. They're both on six goals on the season and yeah. that puts them tied for fourth place in the yeah. golden boot race. I probably would have told you, oh, so we still don't have a striker <laughs> uh, because yeah, that's the only way that's the only way you could envision him having six goals at this point because he probably wouldn't score six from the wing. So I probably would have said, oh, we're still struggling for a striker. So, well, uh, but I mean, that could mean now, he's, he's the second yeah. leading goal scorer on this team and Amaria actually worked out. Yes. Okay. Okay. It could have been that. Yes, yeah. that could have been it. But and, and that would have been just banging in goals by that bucket full. And that probably would have been ideal. Uh, yeah. That's the way you had hoped it would turn out. But, you know, um, it's – I always tell people when they ask it or when they say, why don't they go get a striker? Why? I said, okay. They have. Okay. Okay, you American sports fan. How many football teams in the NFL have an elite quarterback? Eh, about eight. Yeah, about eight. About eight. And what are the rest of the teams doing? Trying to find one or trying to survive without one. It's no different. It's no different in soccer. Mm-hmm. There's there's a uh, eight teams that have an elite striker that are perfectly happy. The rest of the teams are looking for one. So they just they're they're not just laying around. They're not just sitting around the bus stop waiting for a ride. You know right. they're they're hard to find. They aren't just hanging out at the mall waiting for you know someone to come by and offer them a tryout. These guys are. That's why it's the most are, expensive position. Exactly. Yeah, it's so comparable when you when you look at it that way that either have one or you don't. And if you don't, it's hard to find one. If you have one, you're paying them a lot of money. 
You and know? not everybody gets a Chicharito or a Carlos Vela just no. walking through their doors. No. I mean, so, yeah. So, you know what? You, you do what you've got to do until that guy either shows up or you find him or he, he's homegrown or, you know, yeah. you do what you got to do until you, until you can find that player. But they're hard to find. So continuing moving back through the lineup, pulling yeah. Robin Lode from the wing to move him up top has opened up this inconsistency in the wing play. You're not getting as consistent dangerous wing play as you were with Robin Lode there. But, uh, I mean, he's given Banghukle Hlangwane two starts in a row at the right or left wing, whichever yep. one you want to see him at at that time. And then Franco Fragapane is back in the starting lineup regularly. Uh, Abud and Lottie coming off the bench, and we can talk about that if you want to. I'm not really keen on talking about that because he hasn't really done a whole lot over the past several games for to warrant talking about. But, uh, yeah, it just the, the wing play has been a little bit inconsistent. You're not getting uh, any goals from that part of the field right now. Uh, but, yeah, it pulling Robin Lode from there to move him up top has caused a little bit of a hole in the wing play. Yeah, if we had, you know... If you had known then what you know now, you might have tried to hang on to Ethan Finlay a little bit longer. Yeah. But um, I think uh, Longwane is is adjusting to being a starter. Mm-hmm. He was so good off the bench early, and you know, and, and automatically people go start him. He's the best. He's well, not the just adjusting and, to being a but, starter. He's adjusting to this league, to this right, country. Right. It's and a he's, whole he, new situation for him. Right, and coming off the bench late in a match is great because you instantly can outrun everybody and yeah. you're playing as people. <laughs> and he looked great doing it. But as I kept saying, people keep clamoring, start him, start him. He's so good. And I'm going, it's not the same as yeah. it is coming off the bench late in a match. And you got to pace so, yourself. I think he's trying to adjust to that and, as you said, to the league. And I think he's slowly getting better. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he's uh, going to be a really good player. Uh, so I would He's keep... getting closer and closer to scoring yes. his first goal. And when it happens, oh, yeah. he's hopefully been it happens so at all hands field. The place is yeah. going to lose its roof. And it doesn't yeah, happen, but it's just going to go you're gonna hear. Yeah, you'll hear it from South Africa. Uh, <laughs> they love him. And, God, they love him. It's so cool that, that they are so in tune with what he's doing up here. Um, and, and as far as Abu... I think we're seeing Abu Dunlady is what we thought he was. He's yeah. he's he's inconsistent. Yeah. Sometimes he's his speed is just incredible, and you go, man, we we need to see more of that. And then sometimes he just looks like he's off. So, yeah. um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I think I think the position is uh, Longwane's to keep if he continues to improve and play better. Yeah, it's you know, for, I think for, it's his. I, I agree with you. I think it's his until. Robin Lode is moved back to the wing because there's a starting striker that's going to be goal dangerous. Uh, Until that happens, I would imagine Longwane is in the lineup for the time being because, as you mentioned, Abu is exactly what we saw a couple years ago from him uh, after they drafted him. It's just he's inconsistent. He has his sparks, but other than that, he's not going to provide you a whole lot of uh, attacking chances because it just, for some reason, it just, doesn't he can't put it all together? I don't know why. He's got all the talent in the world. We've seen his speed game in and game out yeah. now for a handful of years now. It's just putting it all together just never is there. Sometimes it just seems like the touch just goes wrong and the ball gets a little too far away from him. And it's disappointing yeah. because you want him to succeed, but after a certain amount of time, you just kind of have seen what he's going to provide. And I don't think it's enough to warrant the minutes that he has, considering you have guys like Nico Hansen and Audrey Nunu sitting on the bench, kind of just looking around like Nico Hansen's been in this league for years and knows how to play in this league. Like just, why is he not getting minutes? Why is Audrey Nunu not getting minutes? Because he scored 
seven what was it seven eight goals last year and was one of the more mm. dangerous attacking threats this team had yeah he wasn't putting in the the amount of goals that he should have considering the attacking chances that he had but there's more than just about everybody else on the roster so yeah i don't know i yeah. i for me i don't see why abu continues to get minutes but also that's probably why i'm not the coach yeah we um and we don't see what happens every day in training. Right. A lot of things happen in training that go into making the decision on not only who's starting, but who's coming off the bench and when. And so, um, you know, that's part of it that, that we don't have the uh, inside uh, knowledge on. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that Abu, right now we're using Abu as a, as a late sub, uh, as a substitute in any manner, anytime. Because he still has great speed, he's mm-hmm. going to cause some problems with that. And, uh, yeah, and, and you brought up Nico Hansen. Yeah, I'd love to see Nico worked in there more. I, I like what I like what he has done in the limited amount of time that he's played. Yeah. Uh, continuing our lineup progression, uh, Emmanuel Reynoso, after a rough first month and a half, uh, back in form now. He's basically quarterbacking this offense, creating these dangerous chances, uh, helping feed the ball in now. He's all over the field. Uh, you saw it against the Galaxy. They were leaving a ton of space on that right-hand side mm-hmm. at times, and Emmanuel Reynoso noticed that, and he's like, all right, I'll just go over there and take up, eat up some of this space that you're going to give uh, Longwane, and he ate up that space and caused some dangerous chances. Yeah, Jonathan Bond had himself one hell of a night in net for the Galaxy, but Emmanuel Reynoso was threading in really good passes, and he's been doing that for the better part of a couple weeks now. Yeah, the kid got off to a slow start this year, and he is getting better, I think, now week in and week out. And, uh, you know, hopefully by the end of the season, he is back to where he should be considered, you know, one of the best tens in the league. And, and I think he's on his way there. So, um, yeah, it's fun to see him. Official's face yesterday. So we, we saw fired up yeah. or Reynoso back. You know what? And, and it's funny because early in the year, we didn't see that as much. And now we're seeing him get really involved. Um, by the way, we, we should mention, as long as we're talking about the match on both matches, the uh, barrage of uh, yellow cards. <laughs> was it three in a stretch of two and a half minutes, approximately? Three and two minutes, yep. Yeah. And, I've never seen yellow cards dished but, out that quickly. Right, but what I saw when that, if you take a look at that and you go, okay, you see guys, some people might say, oh, look at these guys, they got to be more disciplined. I say, no, you know what? They had a fire in their belly. They wanted, they were, and you know what? Sometimes you got to go out and you got to take some yellow cards just to prove your point, just to, just to, you know what it is. Yellow cards get, sometimes get your teammates fired up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that's kind of what I felt like that was doing. Keep the intensity level up. And you know what? I'd rather see a team go out and take yellow cards and even though with accumulation, it might hurt them a little bit for next week's match. Um, I'd rather see that, uh, see that intensity, that fire, that drive to win. You know, I, I, I think we saw a lot of that down in Dallas. They persevered yeah. in Dallas and that was huge. Yeah. I think that moves us right into the midfield, that conversation about accumulation yeah. yellows uh, we saw against Seattle or LAFC. Will Trapp had to sit out for a game. Uh, it hurt a little bit there, uh, and then now against New York City FC next Saturday at Allianz Field, they will be without Kervin Ariaga and Michael Boxel due to accumulation yeah. yellows. Uh, those are two big losses. We saw against Seattle how much Michael Boxel is key to organizing that defense and keeping things calm back there. Uh, he'll be a big miss. 
Kervin Ariaga in that midfield is going to be a big miss. Uh, Joseph Rosales can fill in at times, but I don't think he's as consistent and as good right now as Kervin Ariaga is. He's he's still young. He's still what twenty one. Yeah. He's still got time to grow into that role. Uh, but yeah. he is not Kervin Ariaga, and that'll be a big miss against the defending champion NYCFC, who have been in remarkable form since they yeah. uh, got bounced from the Concacaf Champions League about two months ago now, month and a half yeah. ago. The uh... The difference, first of all, with Will Trapp's accumulation yellows, his were not the type I was just talking about. Right. His were he just took, like, what? Why, why he is took that a, a yellow? He took a string of just oddly weird uh, yellows early in every match, and they weren't even the type where you go, I'm just trying to fire up my team. It was like, right. what was that? Anyway. What are you thinking, so, official? Yeah. So um, that's a different type of yellow. I'm not sure what happened there. We probably won't ever see that from Will Trap again. He's so uh, dependable all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're going to have to deal with uh, with that loss. And you know, also, I guess, good time to mention too. Here's a time where it would be just amazing to have Asani Dotson healthy because yeah, um, he's that guy that can step in and play that position and and not miss much. So it'll be a challenge. Um, we saw what happened without Michael Boxel. Uh, which match was that? That was Seattle. That was Seattle. There seemed to be a little disjointed uh, uh, effort back there. Um, communication seemed different. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I, we, I'm, I'm, it'll be Brent Coleman, obviously. I don't think there's any other option back there with Tabasi. Um But do you go with DJ Taylor on the wing then? Because he's played very well. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm sticking with DJ Taylor. With how he played this last week, earning uh, a bench spot on the team of the week, deservedly so, gets the assist against the Galaxy, his first ever assist for the Loons, and then his first ever goal for the Loons turned out to be the game-winning goal yesterday against Dallas in Dallas. Just a wonderful shot by him. Um, But he, uh, I think in the past, what we've seen from him has been inconsistent at times. Yeah. And you could rightfully say that, yeah, O'Neill Fisher probably deserved to start over him for much of the season. But over these past two games, DJ Taylor has showed that, yeah, O'Neill Fisher mm-hmm. is not going to get into this starting lineup until I screw up again because yeah. DJ Taylor was everywhere against the Galaxy, uh, all the way up and down that right-hand side of the field, creating dangerous attack, uh, chances uh, from that wing spot, yeah, putting good. in good crosses, getting the ball to the end line, and putting in low driving crosses that are going to create uh, some chaos in there in that box. And he's doing pretty much the same thing against Dallas, really holding up on the defensive side exceedingly well against a really tough job. I believe it was Hader O'Brien coming against him, so there's plenty of speed there um, yesterday. But then he gets the shot from well outside the box that just goes through everybody, untouched somehow. I thought it was touched by a Dallas yeah. defender, but it goes through no. everybody on the the crappy clearance from Dallas on the corner kick, and he gets his first goal. But yeah, DJ Taylor is actually absolutely starting on on the wing on the wing back spot for me. Yeah, and we we saw a problem which we assumed was just a, a communication problem when Boxel is out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and because because physically Brent Coleman has proved over and over again he can play, and we know he can play, and I think the team trusts him, the goaltender trusts him. Um, maybe you got to put more on uh, Bakai Debasi to step up and be a little more vocal, more of a leader back there. Um, with or Michael Boxwell. St. Clair to do it. He's the goalkeeper. Yeah, he's kind of the leader of that back line. He, Should be. He is, but don't you think he's got enough on his shoulders for a for a player as young for a kid? As I was going to say, for a kid that young, I don't know. If you're going to be a starting goalkeeper, 
Yeah, sure. This is part of your job. Right. At, at some point, you got to right. take. You have to take it over. Time to start leading the communication department. I mean, you're already the best shot stopper in the league this season and on pace. If he keeps up, so there was a stat from Matt Doyle over at MLSsoccer.com that mm-hmm. if he keeps up his pace of shot stopping, it's going to be one of the best goalkeeping, if not the best goalkeeping performance in a single wow. season in MLS history. Like, wow. it's, it's insane what he is doing right now, yeah. stopping at least half a goal a game for the Loons in every single game. Um, so, yeah, he's he's got the best shot stopping percentage in the league right now, uh, last I checked. So, yeah, he's absolutely uh, great in that department. Uh, at a certain point, you have to start taking over the communication department. Mm-hmm. What better time than now? You're out with you're without Michael Boxel for the second time in four games. Let's step it up. Well, let's let's hand that to him. And I think the hope would be um, that they learn something from playing recently without number fifteen back there, and yeah, hopefully they experience. learn right. And hopefully they've you know learned from that and will be better without him. You know the the funny thing is about uh, talking about Dane St. Clair and the season he's having. Um, he has is put together a really good season. If you compare to the uh, great season that Vito Minone had, yeah, Vito didn't have to make all those saves. No, Vito. I mean, had a Vito. Vito made some great saves for us, but not like the not every night like it seems like uh, Dane has been doing. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a it's an amazing effort so far, and we just hope that he can keep it up. And you know, he's young, he's strong, he's fit. There's no reason he can't. So, you know, bring it on. Well, now I'm curious to know what Vito's save percentage was back then because that's I know the talking make... point with Dane is his his stunning save yeah. percentage. It's up there. It's at the top of the league right now. I'm looking it up here. Uh, it couldn't Vito have Minone. been. It couldn't have been as high because he didn't face as many shots. At least I didn't feel like it was. He had 128 saves, 169 shot attempts, nice, and then a 75.7% save percentage. Okay. So that's what, if I'm doing my math correctly, that's seven points shy of where Dane St. Clair is through, uh, what, 12 games so far this season? Yeah. Vito started 34 games that season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – Dane St. Clair is having himself a monster season. Yeah. And, no, I, I, I hope. Yeah. It's fun. It, you know, we again, we've talked we about many times broadcast, with, with him, perfect, it, with perfect year to do it. Cause yeah. the world cup's coming up. Right. And yeah, yeah come on, Canada, Get, figure it out, Canada. But you know, as we said, when you've got a, someone in goal playing as well as he has been and the defense that we have, you know, you go into every match. It doesn't matter if you're going to Dallas now or if you're going, uh, if New York, the defending champs are coming here. You got a chance to win because mm-hmm. they're not, you're not going to get blown out with these guys back there. And it's not like if you go back and look at the 12 goals he's given up this season, it's not like many of them or I can't remember a whole lot of them that were yeah. like that where you think back and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, he probably should have saved like, save that. There's probably one against. Uh, Seattle that I'd imagine he'd wants back, mm-hmm. but the rest of them are, they all have to be bangers. Like Paul Ariola yesterday, no goalkeeper stopping that. Didn't, one. The didn't goals matter. from no. the other, the other couple goals from Seattle, no one stopping those. A lot no. of these goals that have gone in against him have been just absolute stunning goals that are just like, why yeah. does this keep happening to this team? But then you think about it like, okay, if those are the goals they're letting in and you're not really remembering any of the other goals that get let in because mm-hmm. there aren't any cheap, cheap given no, away ones. Very few. You know your defense is playing you, well. 
You watch. They're not giving up yes. a whole lot of easy chances. You watch the uh, you watch the highlights. If you watch the goals that are scored across the MLS every week, there's a handful of ones that misplayed by the goaltender, mm-hmm. uh, a nutmeg on the goaltender. Um, you know what I mean? There's a ton of those. And he, yeah, there's he, the the game winning one for Charlotte. Yes, Vancouver. This That's kind of what I was thinking of. Like really bad goal that was given up. Really, like, yeah. Wow, so this is why people make fun of MLS right. is because this kind of play happens. Yeah. So and those are going to happen once in a while, regardless of what league you're in. Sometimes the ball takes weird bounces and people misjudge him. But but yeah, he's been really good. Um, he's been great. He's been he's been great. And you know, it's like just stay healthy, keep it up, and. Canada, figure it out. So in the article that I was reading from Matt Doyle over at MajorLeagueSoccer.com, MajorLeagueSoccerSoccer.com, actually, uh, he stated that Dane St. Clair is the runaway for goalkeeper of the year already, which, I mean, well, I don't can't know if he's a runaway. Who is playing as good as him runaway. the league right now? Well, yeah. I yes, mean, it's, it's early in the season. It's 12, it's, game, it's 12 matches in. I don't know if anybody's running away with anything. So. But right now, if, if the season ended today, he's winning that that award easily. And he said that he should be receiving some MVP nods because of how well he's playing. I'm like, Whoa, that's, that's pretty high praise for a goalkeeper, especially a a young goalkeeper like him. But I mean, I can't really argue against it. He's been the best player on this team. (laughs) This team would not have the five wins they do. If he wasn't, then this is no shot to Tyler Miller because Tyler Miller is a good goalkeeper in his own right. But Dane St. Clair, as we mentioned plenty of times over the past nine minutes since we started this part of the conversation is playing out of his mind right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, the kid is confident. I think his distributions have gotten better as his confidence builds up. Um, I think everything's getting better. So yeah. yeah, bring it on, bring it on. So that, uh, that ends our conversation reviewing the past two games and basically looking at how the lineups played so far. Uh, Dan coming up next for the loons, a Wednesday night match at home at all Field hosting Union Omaha in the next round of the U.S. Open Cup. We will not be broadcasting that game, but that game starts, kicks off at 7 p.m. at Allianz Field. The game we will be broadcasting between now and the next time we record, Saturday, May 28th, 7 p.m., 7.08 kickoff, 6.30 p.m. pre-match show on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app with Dan Terrar and myself for that broadcast. Minnesota United hosting New York City FC Wow, that's going to be a tough one for the Loons. As we already mentioned, no Kervin Ariaga, no Michael Boxel against the defending champs, a team that, if I'm remembering correctly, has climbed themselves up to the top of the Eastern Conference, sits second place in the East, just one point behind Philadelphia, scored 24 goals this year, led in 10, and they are on one heck of a run since they lost out of the CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah, that's going to be a good test. It, it, you reminded me of another question, and I'll throw this in here to, real quick. So, if uh, Ariaga and Boxel cannot play next Saturday, do you play them both on uh, Wednesday? Why not? I would think so, after right? After the game on Saturday, you have a three-week break. Yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah so, I mean, you're going to um, be without Brent on on Wednesday because he's out due to due to the red card he got against Colorado. So Oh, that's right. Defender. He had a red card uh, in the U.S. Open Cup. It's hard so to keep track defend- of that. Yeah, I'd ma- this I one imagine the center here. back pairing on Wednesday is going to be – uh, Boxy and Kibanguchi because Kibanguchi is going to start in a couple of these these games. I don't sure. imagine you're going to start uh, Bakai considering the amount of games that they've had over the past twenty days or so. It's right on yesterday. It was fifteen. It was five and fifteen. So 
give Bakaya the rest until next Saturday because I would think as so. As you mentioned, you got a three week break after that essentially. Right. right. And uh, so, New York City coming in winning. I'm doing this is a crazy one, two, three, four. Uh, seven of their last eight games they've won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is a yeah. team in incredible form. Yeah, they're they're playing so well right now. Uh, I go back to my what I keep saying is we do have though the goaltending and the defense to to keep us in it. Um, so it'll come down to can uh, can Robin Lude can the you know the guys up front you know find a way to score a couple and and give us a chance to win. So and at home. I know they haven't played their best soccer at home this year, but it's still home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that still means a lot in the MLS. So, I mean, I, I'm not, not writing them off any more than I was down in Dallas. And I told you before the Dallas match, I, I said, I have a good feeling about this after they're coming off all the scoring chances against the galaxy on Wednesday. I said, I got a good feeling. I think the guys are going to compete and they did. So um, I got a good feeling about uh, next Saturday against New York uh, City. I think that there's a chance. I think I have no doubt they can get a result. Do they get the full result and get three points or not? I don't know. But um, I think they get a result against uh, against New York City. Yeah, they'll have to shut down Tati Castellanos, who's third place in the Golden Boot race, tied for third place. Mm-hmm. Seven goals, and all seven of those have been scored in the la- in his right. last five MLS matches. Yeah, by by next by that next Monday we might talk about Robin Lude being in the uh, third place for the Golden Boots. So. Yeah, he keeps scoring a goal a game. Yeah, might as well talk about him at that point. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to look across the league, Dan. Plenty to talk about uh, this week. Uh, plenty of games going on across the league. Uh, let's start off with LAFC getting a two 0 win on the road. Well. Let's start off with Saturday, where four <laughs> matches were played and three of them had significant rain delays. Because <laughs> it was a mess. America, Saturday right? was a mess. Yeah, Saturday was a mess. It's like four-hour matches. <laughs> you sat down to watch a match. You uh, had you got to take a long bathroom break in between because of the rain it delay. Was, it was uh, a commitment, of, yeah. <laughs> uh, Saturday was Lake, a test. Rail Salt Lake on Sunday got a surprise victory. Montreal doing extremely well this season. Up near the top of the Eastern Conference, they win into uh, Sunday's matches at the top of the Eastern Conference, but they lose to Real Salt Lake, who climbs back into fourth place in the Western Conference. Uh, and then uh, Vancouver went to Charlotte, down all of their goalkeepers. They had to sign one off the street and then bring in one of their academy kids, sign him to a, an MLS Next Pro contract so he could play with wow. the, the big boys uh, on the bench. That's something. And then they uh, end up losing late in the match because of a hilariously bad mistake in defense that allows uh, Daniel Rios, I believe. Yeah, Daniel Rios to score just a easy tap and goal in the 85th minute for Charlotte to get wow. the 2-1 win. Wow. Maybe they ought to do what they do in the National Hockey League is have a uh, have an emergency goaltender at every match. Yeah. And then I mean, if you they, need They would have needed it. He can go in and play for either club. Um and uh, maybe that's what they need to look at doing something like that. So we've had uh, three goaltenders on the bench for a good part of, well, maybe every match this season, haven't we? Or a good uh, part we just of had the two. Haven't we had a third one that's traveled too? Well, yeah, they travel, but they're not on the bench. Yeah. So I mean, so like for instance, they had to, if, use, the, they had to use them on Sunday. Yes. Yeah. What happened with um with Tyler? Uh, I don't remember I, what I, they said, but we got we got noticed that he wasn't gonna be. On yeah, the bench and it was he, he got dinged bench. up in practice or warm-ups. He, he must have pulled something in warm-ups. Yeah. So uh, he was not on the bench on Sunday night. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other, one of the other more notable games 
Orlando City visiting Austin FC. Austin, as we've talked about plenty of times, uh, in hot form, uh, up near the top of the Western Conference. They go down within the first 22 minutes, 2-0 to Orlando City, the hosts or the visitors. And then Orlando proceed to get two red cards and then give up two goals <laughs> to Austin. So they're playing down nine men for 21 minutes of the match. Uh, you know, that one, that was just a, that was just self-destruct. I mean, that was, Oof. wow. Wow. Just a, just a terrible game for Orlando, who is fighting for uh, playoff positioning in the Eastern Conference. LA Galaxy, as we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, they got the 1-1 draw at Allianz Field, uh, despite not playing well at all. Minnesota kind of played them out the park, uh, yep. but they get the they get a fluke uh, handball on Michael Boxel and convert on the penalty. Well, they got played out the park at home once again. They go down three goals to nil and lose to Houston after Ferreira, Pasher, and Ulfarsen get a get a trio of goals for Houston to launch them up the Western Conference. Houston hmm. now sitting in seventh place. LA Galaxy dropping from, I believe, third or fourth going into the weekend down to uh, sixth place or fifth place in the Western Conference. How about those? How about the Texas teams? None of them made the playoffs last year, and they're yeah. all three of them are being having great turnaround seasons, particularly Austin. Well, in Dallas, all too, three of them so. in the playoff spots. Yeah, so and that's two of a, them at the top of the conference. That's a crazy turnaround. Uh, so that's fun to watch. But yeah, I would have. Um, yeah, I would have thought you were crazy if you told me that was going to happen to the Galaxy. I thought they after that draw in. in uh, at Allianz Field on Wednesday, I thought, yeah, whoever they play is probably going to get a get a beat down on uh, this weekend. But I don't know. It's it's so hard to predict. And if you look at the standings in the Western Conference, it's a couple of points separate. You know, everybody. two through yeah, everybody really, even the top spot. So LAFC yeah, sitting on twenty six, Austin yep. and da- Austin sitting on twenty four, Dallas after their loss last night, tied with Real Salt Lake on twenty two. LA Galaxy sitting wow. on 20. So that's six points from first through fifth. And yep. then it's uh, one point or it's two points from fifth all the way down to ninth where Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, it's, it's too soon to really, you know, make any predictions on what's going to happen. It's so close, but, but that doesn't mean we won't try to make predictions and write this no, down. Of course so. not. So uh, <laughs> let's get, let's jump right into the predictions. It's like you're an old let's do it. pro here. That's uh, right. Dan, uh, lead us into the predictor segment, sir. Predictors, we picked three games, one of them being one of the matches, if there's more than one, of Minnesota for the week to come. Otherwise, you pick a couple of other MLS matches, and you pick the winner, you pick the score, you get a point if you get the correct team win or drawing, and if you get the score correct, you get another point. So that's a total of six points available each week, which the way we're going is never going to happen to either one of us. Well, Dan. A full six. Did Just he... like you, well, not the full six, but okay. this last week we hit more than we missed for the first time Finally. since I believe week one. Wow, we just sucked lately. <laughs> so I'll start with suck. me because I had the worst week of the two, but I still got okay. two points out of the out of the week. I said uh, I predicted New England would beat FC Cincinnati two to one. Well, it was a three two New England win, so I get a point for getting the correct result. That was close. Then, then I did say. Uh, Minnesota and LA Galaxy would be a draw, but I said it would be a 2-2 draw. Well, two two goals short there. Yeah, you got that, yeah. So I got two points. I'm now up at 15 points on the season. Dan, we finally got one completely correct. We finally got a three-pointer out of something. Yes. You said Minnesota-LA Galaxy would be a 1-1 draw, and 
darn it all to hell, yes. it was a 1-1 draw. Yes. So finally, for the first time since if, week one, if I someone remember, got one completely correct. If I remember right, I think I had I think I had written down 2-2, two, two, and then when you said 2-2, two, two, I changed it to 1-1. <laughs> one, one, so, <laughs> uh, Yeah. Then you also did say New York City FC would beat Chicago, but you said they'd be they'd beat them three nil. It was only one nil, so you only mm-hmm. get a point there. But you got four points on the on the week. So, oh no, it's it's a two pointer if you get it completely correct, right? Yes. So yeah, you got three points on the week. So you were down a goal to me, but now because of your three points and my two points, we're now tied up at fifteen goals apiece. Even up. Right, Even so up. You started last week. I will start this week. Okay. And I will go. Ooh, I just saw this one, and I I can't not go with this one. <clears throat> LAFC hosting <laughs> the San Jose Earthquakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the best okay. goal scoring team in the league going up okay. against the worst defense in the league by far. Carlos right. Vela and that attacking talent going up against our old buddy Francisco Calvo in defense. I picked that game too. What's the score? Uh, it's going to be five nil LAFC. They're going to unload on them. Holy crap! Load on them, Dan. Okay, five nil. Okay, crazy scores. I also have LAFC defeating San Jose. I was a little more lenient. I said three one LAFC. It's the barks. It's gotten to me. (laughs) He's too much root beer. All right, all right. So there we go. Five. That's good. All right. All right, and just like last week, I'm going to go with both Minnesota United games. Minnesota hosting okay. Union Omaha. I'm going with a 2-0 win for Minnesota on Wednesday night against Union Omaha. They'll move on to the next round of the West or of the uh, U.S. Open Cup. Okay, sounds good. I am going to go with Toronto over Chicago for my second pick. Oh, and I, I'm Ooh, not real confident in Toronto in that one. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, you might be able to find a place to see. Uh, I'm not that confident in Toronto. I think they will win, but I'm just going to say 1-0. I'm surprised you're even touching that game. I think Both Chicago's Both those teams terrible. are so bad right now. I think Chicago's by far worse than Toronto. Oh, yeah. Chicago has no attacking talent right now. No. So 1-0, <laughs> Toronto. You know what? I said I want to go with both Minnesota and my United matches, and I'm going to stick yep. with that. But I'm okay. looking at this Montreal FC Cincinnati game, and I've picked F- and F- the FC Cincinnati game for each of the last, I think, five weeks at this point. So you're staying, really staying away from it this time? Yeah. I really no, want I to go with that. it, but no. I'm going to stick away from it. I'm going to go with Minnesota, New York City FC. Whew. No boxy, no Kervin Ariaga. That's going to hurt against a red-hot Tati Castellanos. He's going to score a couple goals. I don't think he's getting a hat trick. I think it's going to be – I'm going to go same same as last week, 2-2 draw in this one. Come on. Did you do it too? I had a, I had a 2-2 draw. <laughs> Come on. Okay, fine. I'll go right back to the well. 1-1. I'll do the same thing. 1-1. I had 2-2 written down. I'll go 1-1. So there you I go. I keep stealing these from you. I, well, since we're finding out that going second is probably not a bad thing necessarily. So. <laughs> All right, so that's the predictor. We'll keep track of those results throughout the season. Next up, as we wind down the show here today, uh, write that down, our weekly soccer-related prediction segment, our other soccer-related prediction segment, excuse me. Uh, We each make three soccer-related predictions. One of those has to be Minnesota United-related, and we'll keep track of the predictions throughout the years, or throughout the year, and the correct predictions, we'll call them goals. The person with the most goals at the end of the season will win the coveted, coveted golden boot sought after the world over dan highly coveted 
So let's uh let's do accountability an accountability session before we right. get to our predictions this week. Plenty coming off the board this week. Only one for me, a couple for you. I said a couple weeks ago, Minnesota will get at least three points in the rest of May. Well, they got four points in the last week, so it doesn't matter what they do against New York City FC. They already, <laughs> they already accomplished that, so one yes. goal for me. Nothing negative came off the board for me this week. You had three things come off the board. You said a while back, and I forgot to update this at the time, you said Minnesota will not be alone in first place in the West in March or April. Well... Those two months have passed, and they were never alone in first place. They didn't even get up to first place, so you got a point there. That feels like a then gimme. You said, then you said Abu Dhabi will not score in the next five matches. Those five matches turned out to be Chicago, LAFC, FC Cincinnati, Seattle, and LA Galaxy. He didn't score in any of those, so you got it correct there. But you did say Sorry. in the next Sorry, three Abu. matches, and I forgot to update this one a while ago too. I'm, I, sometimes I just miss these as they go through during the week. Uh, you said this a while ago, in the next three Minnesota matches, those matches were Colorado, Chicago, LAFC, Banghukle, Hlongwane, and Audrey Nunu will each get a start. Neither of them got a start in those matches, so you didn't get a no. point there. But you did get two goals today, so it brings your goal total up to 10. My goal total is now up to 7, so you've got a three-goal lead on me. I'm going to have to start making some better predictions here instead of these wild, these wild <laughs> crazy ones. You do, uh, you do get a – yeah. You do go wild sometimes. <laughs> I'll start off here, Dan. At least one of Union Omaha, Louisville City FC, or Sacramento Republic will get through to the next round of the U.S. Open Cup, Dan. They each at least. are all lower-tier squads that are playing MLS squads this week. Uh, okay, in the next, so you're saying one, Open Cup. one of them. At least one. At least one. Okay, good. I thought you were crazy. If you're saying they all Even were going to get open. through, I thought I was going to – you know, asked to talk to your wife if you said all three were getting through. Um, so good pick. Okay. Uh, let's see. Dane St. Clair will be back as the Bell Bank man of the match on Saturday against New York City. That's like a bunt single because he's won four the past five. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> all right. Response. Emmanuel Reynoso will win Bell Bank man of the match this weekend. Oh, that's such a bad pick. You know it's gonna be. You know it's gonna be Dane. (laughs) No, because if Emmanuel Reynoso even gets an assist, he's gonna win it because that's how it always works. As long as he's on there (laughs) and he gets a goal contribution, he wins it. I just like the fact that I got you to change what you were planning on doing and doing reactionary uh, picks. So I like that. (laughs) All right, Um, write that down. Wednesday, Wednesday. Either Miller or Dick will have a clean sheet because I don't know who's playing. <laughs> well, we don't know if Tyler Miller's healthy, right? Uh, yeah. It may it may have just been a knock and they didn't want to risk him. Right, right, right. But, you know, so, and I had written down that Tyler Miller will get a clean sheet on Wednesday. Then I said, well, wait a minute. I'm going to cut, I'm going to CYA just in case he's hurt more than we know. And then I assuming that Dick would play. So you don't have any faith in Fred Emmings getting the start there? I don't think so. No. Do you? No. 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 So so it'll be a Miller slash Dick clean sheet on Wednesday. Can you say that on air? Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm not gonna try it. <laughs> Come on. No, no, I want you to nope. counter that one. Come on, react nope. to that. No. Nope. Okay. I'm gonna go Minnesota Can't United start. two here. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go the Lil Loons, which we're all uncomfortable saying. Lil Loons. So. The Lil Loons. They are in a one, two, three, four, five, six, six match unbeaten run right now. They're nice. the hottest team in MLS. Nice. Pro. Nice. And they next face 
Colorado Rapids too on Sunday. I'm going to mm-hmm. say that that unbeaten run continues. I don't know if they'll get okay. a win or a draw against Colorado, but it will continue, Dan. It will not be a loss is what you're saying. It will not be a loss against Colorado like too on Sunday. I Write like it. That down. It's written down. Okay, here right. we go. Your final I always one. like to the make final sh- one of the I, evening. I always like to make sure that you have to do some work on these. So, uh right now Right now Chicago's last in the East with 11 points. Vancouver is last in the West with 11 points. Okay? okay. Chicago, at the end of this week, will be alone at last. No, no, no. That's not the way I want to word that. i got to word this properly. Chicago will always be in last place for the rest of the year, whether it's a tie or they're there alone. So wow. Chicago will not come out of the cellar. Uh, they're tied now. So meaning that uh, that they'll either be tied or alone in last place uh, by the end of this week, or the, and then then they will stay there the rest of the year. So wow, no they're faith ter- in Chicago. Awful. They're awful. No, they're awful. Yeah, that's fine. So they had a hot run go. at the start of the season, and everybody's like, "Oh, Chicago's Chicago's back. They're going to be there." But they've fallen yeah. back to earth. And I mean, we're all happy. Gabriel Slonina decided to uh, play for or pick pick the U.S. men's national team to represent for his career, but I mean, he's having a tough run of th- run of form recently. Hopefully he gets yeah. back uh, to his form that he started the season because it's always good to see a uh, young kid like that get into that kind of form and attract sure. the talent or attract the yeah. eyes of Europe that he was attracting, but yeah. Yeah, they've really fallen off form lately. Yeah, they're, they're done. They're so done. that has been Loon Talk <clears throat> for the evening. Once again, you won't hear us for this Wednesday's match against Union Omaha in the U.S. Open Cup, but you can hear us this Saturday on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app that is free wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, and that pre-match show starts at 6.30 p.m. with Dan Terrar and myself kickoff just after 7 o'clock as your loons host New York City FC at Allianz Field. Uh, I would, if you were planning on going to the game or trying to get in tickets, get them early because that is a really hot team coming in to Minnesota. It should be a fun one on Saturday as that is the final game before the June break. Yep. Uh, so there'll be some time off after that. Dan, I will talk to you Saturday evening. Yeah, go to the stadium on Wednesday and watch a good match and uh, enjoy it because there's a break coming up. So sounds great. Can't wait for Saturday. Go Loons. Uh, and then we'll talk to you back here next Monday. Absolutely. Talk to you, Dan, on Saturday. Talk to you, Loons fans, on Saturday. And then right back here Monday night. Uh, we'll record it. We'll get it out shortly after that next Monday for Loon Talk. See you later, Loons fans.